If you look around, I think most of us have some sort of a connection to a single parent, uh, which has got to be one of the hardest jobs. And uh, today we're going to be offering hope to single parents. I'm John Fuller, along with uh, the vice president of our parenting department, Dr. Danny Huerta. Danny, um, I'm wondering how you've observed some of the challenges that single parents have as you've uh, counseled them uh, and as you have them in your uh, sphere of influence. Yeah, I'm thankful that I've gotten to travel that journey with several single parents in my in my counseling practice. It's a tough road as they're coming in exhausted and confused as to how to how to meet all the the demands on them. Uh, we we have to travel into places that are hard for them, painful. They're they're carrying their pain, right? The emotional mm-hmm. pain. Yeah. Some of the shame of being a single parent, and there are various reasons why a parent is single. It could be a death, which is huge. It could be a divorce. It could be a variety of things. And uh, many of them carry this, this loneliness that I'm, I'm alone. I need to do this all on my own. I've got to power through it. They're trying to show warmth and attentiveness to each of the kids. And then on top of that, they need to guide and direct them and provide. A lot of them are at the point of burnout, tired, and, uh, and, and not knowing the, the nuances. Some of them say, hey, I wish I could just call someone off the bench to come and, and help me out in mm-hmm. moments where I'm confused, and especially like a single mom with a boy, a teen boy, or a single dad with a teen daughter. There are added challenges there, uh, gender-wise, gender difference-wise, that makes it uh, harder for that parent to to lean in and in, in a way where they feel confident yeah. to lean in. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to hear now a conversation that Focus President Jim Daly and I had with Dr. Roland Warren. Uh, Jim and Roland were both raised by a single mom. Let me ask you, uh, one day you said you decided you'd never let your father's absence hurt you again. Yeah. I get it. I'm connected with you because I am you and you are part of me, right? right, right. So we experienced that. It I remember talking to my wife about that, and I remember she hit an obstacle that was tough emotionally, and I gave her the line, you know, you just got to pick yourself up by your bootstraps, and we got to go. And I just remember that fear that came into me when she looked at me and she said, Jim, not everybody's wired like you. And that (laughs) scared me. I was like, seriously? I didn't know there was an option. Yeah. Um, But some people like that, I mean, it's not within their capacity to just pick up and go like your mom. Yeah. Or like you, or like me, and speak to that aspect of it. Can you really just say, okay, I'm going to decide my father's absence is not going to hurt me? Well, <laughs> I mean, Greg, you know, in retrospect, it's not healthy. Um, I, I tell a story in the book about you know the first time I had to give a speech when I was president of National Fatherhood Initiative, and I told a story uh, about um, being at my father's funeral, and and essentially, you know, my my father was a pastor uh, later in life and had really changed his life around, and and I was telling the story about how. You know, people were coming up to the pulpit at the at the funeral and saying all these amazing things about my father, and I just found myself becoming enraged, hmm. just enraged. Yeah. And I didn't even know where that was coming from. We weren't in conflict or anything. And finally, this one guy comes up and he says, "You know, I I was in prison, and you know, Pastor Warren came to me and you know mentored me, and and I was ready to punch somebody out. And I had this thought in that moment." That, you know, I went to Princeton undergrad, I went to Penn to get an MBA, all these things. Did I need to go to prison in in order to get my father's love and attention? And I was just beside myself, just super angry. And I told that story. I never told anyone that story before. never told anyone I was mad at my father's funeral, not even my wife. My mother, interestingly, picked it up. Hmm. But um, never told anyone. And when I said those words, I burst into tears. 
And I could not stop myself. My, one of my first speeches, I'm just, you know, <laughs> it's like three or 400 people. I'm just sobbing uncontrollably. Mm. And as I kind of processed that afterwards, you know, what I realized was it goes back to what we talked about before. I really had not learned how to process that loss. Like, and that was one of the things I think it was really important for, for, for my mom to help me do, like process that loss. Even the loss of my brother, we just kind of moved on. Right. So all of that was in there. And in that moment, before that 300, 400 people, I was really just a 10-year-old boy who was waiting for a father who hadn't shown up for various different things. And, and I had that hole in my soul that, that really became revealed. So the amazing thing that a single mom has the ability to do is really help her son work through that process. And, and you know, in the book, I use the story of Hagar. Hagar and Ishmael. It's kind of the, what I use there. Hagar is an archetype for a single mom. Ishmael as the son that Abraham had with Hagar as a result of kind of Sarah encouraging that to happen because the view was that, you know, Ishmael would be the son of the promise and you walk through that entire story. It's it's such an amazing story yeah. for a single mom because Ishmael thought for 13 years that he was going to be the guy. And then he gets 13, Isaac's born, and all of a sudden Abraham says, uh, not so much. And you realize what happens there. And that's really what brought me to this book, this dealing with that loss. When I was writing Bad Dads of the Bible, one of the mistakes that I used was um, Abraham's mistake of abandoning his son. I used that. And I realized in that moment as I was writing that part, that chapter, that I was Ishmael, that I had a similar dynamic. And that really is how God led me to, to this point in this book. And so I use her as an archetype for a single mom to really help you kind of process loss and the other things to move you forward. You know, and I so appreciate that, that story, of yeah. course, you know, um, she gets in essence pushed out mm-hmm. of the family and takes her son and they're walking in the desert and they run out of water and she believes they're going to die and she yes. doesn't want to see Ishmael die before she dies. And then I think her eyes are closed and then she opens her eyes and there's a well. Yeah to drink from. Yes. That's a beautiful story. And it's a wonderful story in terms of God's provision. I'm thinking, though, of that single parent mom, when she opens her eyes, the well isn't there. Yeah. Well, you know, and part of what I talk about in the book is sight versus insight, right? So sight is seeing what's there that you see, insight seeing what's there that you don't see. And I think really, when you think about that, the well's always there. I mean, that's really, that's it, the spiritual insight that you have. You know, when Hagar first runs away uh, from, from Sarah, uh, when Sarah's treating her badly, and, and, and an angel comes to her, and it's actually the first time an angel is actually introduced in the Bible, is coming to a woman who's going to be essentially a single mom. And, and it's amazing that she finds in that moment that, that she is seen, that, that she has that insight, that the angel sees her, that God sees her, and, and Ishmael's name actually me, means, you know, that God hears a, and but also in that moment, she realizes that God sees her as well and gives her that insight. And I, and I think that the big part of that story, which was important for me, was Ishmael was a son of a promise, but just not the same promise. Hmm. And it took oh, me a long wow. time to realize that. That's a great statement. Because in that moment, right, the angel tells her, he's going to be a father of many nations. Mm-hmm. And I, from my standpoint, I realized, okay, I didn't have this perspective with my own dad. I had a different promise. And I really think that's an important insight for a single mom to have. You had hopes and dreams for your life with this guy or maybe the relationship or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that promise is not going to be the one that's there. But God always sees. He always hears. And your son is a son of a promise. It's a different promise. And you have to have the insight to see that and walk in that. And in that moment, I think that Hagar moves on and actually moves her son forward. And that's what a lot of what the book is about, the encouragement there from that story. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Danny, uh, as I said at the top of the show, uh, most of us know a single mom. So what are some practical ways that you can think of that um, we can reach out and offer to help? Mm. Yeah, I mean, the first one is get to know them, right? We can't make assumptions uh, and just walk up and say, hey, I'm I'm sure you need tons of help. Yeah. Uh, Get to know them a bit. uh, And and if you see them overwhelmed, just make an observation there and and come up to them and say – I notice you've got a lot on your plate. It, it, it looks like it's tough for you. And this is somebody you know. You say, how can I be of help? That's a great question if, if there's that trust in the relationship. Or maybe surprise them with a, a gift card for, for groceries or restaurant. That's always helpful, mm-hmm. uh, especially right now with, with inflation and the cost going up. It is very difficult to provide for a single-parent home. And uh, so that, that can be probably one pretty easy assumption most of the time, unless you know they have a super high-paying job. They are going to struggle. And uh, so those surprises are always welcomed. Uh, maybe it is helping with, with some of the errands that they've got if uh, they, they need that, or maybe if they have uh, kids that need rides certain places and you're a person that's retired and have that extra time, you can mm-hmm. offer those types of things. But first, that first step of getting to know who they are and where they're at, that'll begin to give you some clues as to whether or not they're wanting the help, and then uh, finding the timing to be able to ask for that so that they can tell you, hey, I'd love this, I'd love that. It's really making ourselves available to them and making the time to talk with them. Well, I appreciate that because I'm sure that there's a sense, and you mentioned this earlier, of guilt or shame. And so uh, being a safe place, being a person that cares, that sees, that acknowledges, Mm -hmm. that affirms, uh, that can make a big difference. John, that's that's key. The affirmation when I we miss that for mm-hmm. a moment. I think bringing those words that are fueling, and we've talked about that in earlier episodes. Being encouraging, finding one thing she she or he is doing well, pointing it out, saying, "Man, that is awesome." That can be fueling and encouraging to that single yeah, parent as well. Yeah. Well, this ministry, Focus on the Family, exists to help you with resources because none of us has to go this alone. Uh, We want to help you, and we especially want to help you if you're a single parent. Uh, One resource we have is Roland Warren's book, Raising Sons of Promise, A Guide for Single Mothers of Boys. Um, We're making this available to you for a gift of any amount to the ministry. And just recognizing what Danny was saying, if you're in a spot where you can't afford it, Uh, As Jim Daly often says, uh, we're a Christian ministry, so request the book. Just let us know you need it. We'll trust that somebody else will cover the cost. We have a generous donor community, um, and so we want to invite your participation if you're able. And if you're not able to contribute at this time, that's okay. We'll send the book to you. Uh, Either way, reach out to us. Uh, The link is in the show notes or give us a call. Uh, We're also going to link over to a free article called Four Ways to Survive Being a Single Mom, which is uh, free. It's online. takes just a few minutes to read. I think it'll encourage you. Uh, Again, the link is in the show notes. Well, we'll hear more from uh, Dr. Roland Warren next time about the power of forgiveness. Uh, For now, on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. As a parent, it's easy to find myself sitting backseat to my kids in the backseat. It's tough to be a step ahead. In full honesty, I'm pretty hard on myself when that happens. But I've found Practice Makes Parent, a podcast from Focus on the Family, hosted by Dr. Danny Huerta and Rebecca St. James. It helps me be more intentional and not feel alone when things get tough. Everything they share is practical and well-practiced, and I can use it right away. 
Listen to Practice Makes Parent wherever you get your podcasts.